you are about to experience a message from South Lake Church, a church who gathers together 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at Hometown Heroes Park in League City, Texas. And here at South Lake, it's about relationships with Jesus. And we do this as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Stay up to date with all that's happening here at South Lake Church. Pastor Rob Bailey here from South Lake Church, and we've been uh, doing a series here at South Lake called Spiritual Disciplines. And today we're going to be finishing or concluding that sermon series talking about solitude. So, what are spiritual disciplines? We're here at South Lake Church. Uh, we've been discussing that, you know what, when we come together, what are ways that we can focus our hearts? and our minds on our Heavenly Father, this relationship that we have with Him. And ways we can do that with spiritual disciplines are, for example, being devoted and obedient in devotion in God's Word. So here's a great example. This being in reading the Messiah, which is the New Testament, which we read here together at South Lake Church. Being in His Word, hearing what He has to say to each of us, knowing that He has a love for all kinds of people. Another way that we can enact spiritual disciplines is prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting is how we can come together and just share what's on our hearts and our minds with our Father in Heaven. That's what prayer is. And He knows what's on our hearts and minds, but for us to be talking to Him in a relationship. And that fasting part puts us in a way to help focus our hearts and minds while we are in prayer. Again, there's a focus here when it comes to spiritual disciplines and how we focus our hearts and our minds. Then uh, last week we talked about worship, which is really important to talk about that discussion right now, because you know what? We're all worshiping in different places. It might be in our rooms, it might be at our homes, it might be outside, you might be uh, on a walk right now. But together, as we hear uh, what God is doing in our hearts and our minds, we're reminded of everything that He's one in charge. And so great for that. So that's why we do these different disciplines. Well, this week we're going to be talking about solitude. Now, let me tell you, as I'm sharing solitude, I am not an expert on it. In fact, this is probably the one discipline I need to spend more time on because I struggle with solitude. So why do we need solitude? Why are we having all kinds of issues happening with it? Well, with solitude, it takes us out of what's happening and puts us in a different perspective. And we learn this at a very young age. Anybody here of nap time? Anybody out there right now ever have to go and do nap time? Does everybody who's watching in the room like nap time? I don't. Pastor Rob hated nap time. I know hate's a strong word, but I hated it, disliked it. Why? Because nap time means you had to stop playing, you got to stop talking with your friends, you had to stop, you know, for me it was spending time with both my sisters, and we each had to go to rooms and take a nap. Not fun. It's boring. In fact, there are times where I would fake going, taking a nap, and then try to sneak out of the room. Now, my parents had a way of trying to catch us by keeping the door closed. We're not going to discuss how they did it. You know, child laws, love you, mom and dad. But when we got older, we found little ways to sneak out of the room and go downstairs and play. Because again, to be taken away from playtime wasn't happening. But as much as we laugh about all that's happening, when we started to play during the nap time, what happened? We fell asleep. We got hangry, we got tired, and we stopped playing. Why? Because we all needed nap time. 
see our moms, our dads, and those, our babysitters who are watching us, they needed us to rest. We didn't realize it at the time, but that kind of solitude was much needed. Well, I guess to let you uh, kids know, I love nap time now. Nap, nap time is one of my most favorite things to happen. Why? Because I can get some rest, it's enjoyable, and it's relaxing. But there's other ways that people kind of force solitude on us. So let's, say, let's talk about coaching. Let's talk about sports, activities, performances, recitals. You see, when we get a chance to share our talents, we want to give it, it all. And those who know me know I am not the best athlete. I am not the best musician. I'm not the best really at anything. But what I will do is put my heart on the field. And when you play against me, you might beat me, but you will remember it. It might be a bruise. It might be emotional, but I will leave you with something because that's who I am. What's hard is when you're putting your heart out onto the field, when the coach pulls you out and says, you know what? You need to rest for a second. You need to take time and just look at what's happening on the field. You might need to take a moment before you go out there again to perform and take a breather and look at what's going on. And the only person who can do that is that coach, that mentor, that person who sees more than go what's going on than yourself. That's what solitude is. It takes you out of that moment. It forces you to relook at all your priorities. Now, for a lot of us, with everything that's happened, We've kind of been forced into solitude, haven't we? We're stuck in our homes. We're not supposed to be going outside. And for a lot of people, your priorities have changed. Whether it be with work, whether it be how you do your job, things are changing for you. And I know that's a struggle for many, but for some of you, you've gotten an awesome reset button. But as I'm making phone calls and talking with members here at Southlake, I've also heard this has been one of the hardest weeks for a whole bunch of people. Because your routine has been turned upside down, but also your children. And for those who have multiple children, each one of their routines has been messed up. And now you are now a parent, you are a teacher, you are a chef, cook, caregiver, you are everything above all things. And everybody is upset with the circumstances they're in. Boy, do we need solitude. Here at South Lake Church, we practice solitude. What we're talking about is because we need that perspective that guess what? It's not on you, it's not on me. See, one of the struggles we're having is because we're trying to be the savior in our lives right now. We're trying to figure out all the different things, a lot like trying to figure out the life feed right now to all the uh, activities in our lives. We're trying to solve and fix it. But here's the thing. You are not the savior of your, Lord, of your world. I am not the savior of my world. And even though we get excited and have our hearts to it, we're reminded that, you know what, there's somebody above all those things. And that's where our reading comes from today. And of course, if you're following along using the YouVersion app, I got right here on my iPad, you can actually follow along with all the texts and things that we're going to be talking about here. So our reading today comes from Mark chapter 6. And we're actually going to discuss a whole bunch of chapter 6 together. But it hands Jesus with his disciples, and they're all excited about going out on this mission. In fact, they're on a mission from God and they're being sent out to do these works. And Jesus is saying, sending them two by two. He's got some instructions. You're not supposed to take extra clothes. You're not supposed to take any extra provisions because you know what? It'll be provided for you. I don't know about you. That's a scary thought, not to having all your provisions together. And yet Jesus sends them out and they go. And as they go, guess what? 
demons hear and speak the word of Jesus and they leave people. They take oil and they heal people. It's successful. And this is an exciting time for all of them. In fact, when they get back together, they're telling all the other disciples what they experience, all the, all the wins, we like to say kingdom wins in the church, all the things that happen. And as they are sharing all of this going on, you know what Jesus does? He doesn't say, sweet, let's try this again. He doesn't say, all right, no, Peter, demonstrate what you did. Instead, Jesus says, let's go to a quiet place together. Jesus calls time out. He takes the disciples and takes them away. Does that make a lot of sense? Now think about that for one moment before we look at the rest of chapter 6. In the highlight of the disciples' ministry, when everything they're supposed to be doing is working well, Jesus says, cool, let's take time to be together. Take that time of solitude. I would be frustrated. I would have a hard time with that going on. Why? Because I want to keep going. And it's even worse because I'm a pastor, which means I want to save people. I want to tell everybody about Jesus. So if you're going to tell me that I can't reach people, I can't talk with them, that the Facebook Live's crashing, and what are we supposed to do next? You know what? Jesus says, it's okay. Let's go to a quiet place. And, what, and so that's our reading today. It shows a highlight of the disciples, and Jesus says, let's go to a quiet place. So if you have the Version app, you can actually read along with the rest of chapter 6, because what happens is Jesus takes them out of the boat, they go walk into a quiet place, but they're stopped. See, they're surrounded by all kinds of people and more ministries about to take place. The story that comes after this is the feeding of the 5,000. This is a well-known story about how Jesus feeds over 5,000 people with five pieces of fish and two loaves. Actually, two loaves and five pieces of fish. And we read the story. It's a miracle. It's absolutely amazing that Jesus feeds these people. I mean, it's a win. And right after that, the disciples will go out into the Sea of Galilee. Jesus will walk on water. Again, awesome, cool story. But a lot of times here, we kind of forget the disciples' attitude. Remember, just a few seconds ago in the verses, they were super excited of all the work they can do, what they did in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, we need a timeout. So instead of getting a timeout, they're stuck doing more ministry. And so as Jesus is teaching and loving on these people, Jesus says to them, hey, disciples, actually, disciples call Jesus and go, hey, it's getting late. Someone's got to feed them, send them home. I take it as the disciples are getting hangry. They're upset. And Jesus says, well, go feed them. And then in their anger and frustration, look at Jesus, go, do you realize how much it would cost to go feed these people? Again, this isn't really the attitude you would have of people who a few verses ago were super excited about their ministry, how Jesus is taking care of everything. Yet, Jesus says, go feed them. And so they go around, they find the fish, they find the loaves, and they bring it back to Jesus. And Jesus works this miracle. The next thing we read about the disciples, they're stuck picking up the scraps. Now, there's a lot of scraps. In fact, 12 bucketfuls. But again, I would tell you that the disciples' heart and mind really aren't focused on Jesus anymore. I think they're kind of mad that Jesus had to stop them and put them, try to put them in solitude. So Jesus goes, all right, go out to the lake. So they're by themselves. And Jesus is by himself in solitude praying. Well, what happens? A storm comes by. They're unable to move. They're scared to death. They don't know what's happening. And Jesus has to go out onto water to meet them. And they are so afraid of this. Only one of them, Peter, 
has enough courage or stupidity, can make an argument which way, actually jumps out of the boat to meet Jesus. But even as he walks on water, he gets scared. He has fear. The reason why I'm bringing this up is we're looking at these miracles of Jesus that these teenagers that are hanging around him, these disciples, even though they were able to do these awesome, amazing things, they need time to be in rest and solitude. Kind of like Jesus. See, for Jesus, his rest happens all the time. In fact, the, uh, the one place that's spoken most about Jesus visiting besides Jerusalem is Jesus going to a solitude place to be in prayer. It sounded like the disciples needed that badly. And how about you? If Jesus needs prayer, if he needs times alone, what does it say about you and myself? Now the cool thing is when we are in solitude, when we're in prayer, guess who we're talking to? Our Lord. Our Lord who feeds over 5,000 people with just some uh, loaves and fish. A Lord, when there's storms and you feel like you're about to die, calms the seas, reaches his hand out, and rescues you. This is the Lord we preach. This is our Savior. Which means for us, we have a Lord in charge. I know there's struggles that we're all facing right now, and it's besides trying to figure out how to get those live stream together, there's things happening with your job, with your life, with your family, and it's really easy to feel like it's your job to save them from the storm. And reminded here, there's only one Lord, one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. We need to take ourselves back out of the perspective of reacting and into prayer. Back on who he is and realize, you know what? He's still in charge. Schoolwork will get done. Um, work on your laptops, all the things happening, will get taken care of. All these things come together, not because we're going to fix it and get it taken care of, because we have a Lord in charge. And even though things look bleak, like the storms are going to drown us, he is still in charge. He still watches over us. And that is the good news. That is the hope we have. And one of the ways to center ourselves back to it is to take time to be in solitude. This upcoming week, as we try to practice this out, there'll be devotions on a daily basis, looking at ways that we can focus on solitude, put our hearts and minds back on him, and know that he's still in control. Thank you for taking time to hear a message from South Lake Church. And as we engage, grow, and share Jesus together, make sure to click subscribe on your favorite player. Way to stay up to date that's all happening here at South Lake Church, here in League City, Texas.